Hello everybody and welcome to Absolute Comics with Benny and Sal without Benny and with Dan this week because Benny is dealing with landscapers and we all know how fun that that is. How are you doing today, Sal? I'm doing great, man. How about you? I'm doing I'm doing quite well. It's pretty hot here, but uh, besides that, I'm ready to get on with this show. Nice. So, first up on today's news, we've got uh, New York has renamed Bronx Street to Stan Lee Way in honor of the late comic book legend. Um, yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. I thought that was like a nice honor of him. And I believe Bronx Street is in the where he grew up or where he right. used to I think, live, I believe. I think you're right. I, I looked into this a little bit. Like I did the barest amount of research. Like I wanted to see where this street was. And it was mm -hmm. very much like you can't street view it. Uh, it's it's like oh. right in the dead center of a little neighborhood. So I, I think that it is a, uh, I think it, it is either where he grew up, where he lived at some point. I, I think there is. It's not an arbitrary street. It's not like right. the worst street in the world. It's named after some serial killer, and they're like, we need to make the change. Let's just <laughs> let's throw a bone to these nerds. I I, th I think it has some significance to the to the late Stanley, uh, which makes a lot of sense, and mm -hmm. uh, it's a nice honor. That's something that it's funny because. You know, you you do these kinds of things, and you want to honor people with them. I think that these kind of dedications should be done when people are alive. I think I think the right. fun of it is that you get to drive down a street with your own name on it. Yeah. Right? If I wanted, I want, if I want a street, I couldn't care less after I'm dead if they name a whole boulevard after me, because I will never get to see it or drive on it. Like, right. is that nice? Sure. But you know what? You know what's going to happen? Invariably, something is going to go down on Stanley Way. Right. And so, you know, the only fun of it is seeing your name on that little on that little signpost. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, it's like there was a fender bender on Stanley Way, you know. And who knows? Maybe he would have even lived there. So his address would have been Stanley at Stanley Way. Because, yeah. I mean, if you're going to live somewhere, it's going to be your own street. Why wouldn't you? It has to be. Right, yeah, you. I, I don't know. I mean, it depends. If you, uh, you actually would, live would, the uh, street next to it. Just yeah, to... I live next door to Stanley Way. Although it would be a great argument, like killer. You know, mm -hmm. I'm sorry. Which one of us has a street named after them? <laughs> I think that's me. Yeah, that's right. Uh, but yeah, I, I love it. It reminded me. It made me think of like, have there been other comic book centric honorariums? Mm -hmm. that we usually reserve for political figures or uh, social activists. Uh, and I know, I remember hearing about a statue of Captain America in Brooklyn. I remember them talking about this idea. Interesting. And they did build it, and it really exists. And it's, like, kind of awesome. Like, it looks like huh. it's a big, full-bodied statue of Captain America holding the shield aloft, and it says, you know... Captain America, Steve Rogers, circa 1941. Uh, I'm just a kid from Brooklyn. People are like, yes. And I'm like, let me tell you something. I used to go to Brooklyn every Sunday for a number of years. Uh, that number probably was like 10 or 15 uh, because my grandmother lived in Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. And I would have loved to have had any excuse <laughs> to see a Captain America statue anywhere near that apartment. Because let me tell you, it was like, you want to talk about hot? Didn't matter what season it was. In that apartment was 105, mm -hmm. 105 degrees. My grandmother was 90 years old for 25 years, and it was just it was always a dry heat. It was that old New York radiator heat. You just right. hear every every few minutes, 
That was the heat coming into the room. Ugh. Anyway, but yeah, uh, I love it. I think it's great. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, I say go further, you know? Build a statue of Stan. I mean, Bro- I think he's from the Bronx, so yeah, right? I'm if you, sure if you're gonna make fic- If you're going to make fictional character statues, make 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 one of him. Get, get one of Jack, too. Why not? Heck yeah. I'm I'm waiting for the uh the issue of Spider-Man where he's swinging down and he says, "Oh yeah, I'm swinging down Stanley Way right now." Yes. That's, oh that's going to be the line. That's going to be the line where it's like, "Yes, there you go, Stan. You are a actual place in a fictional world." But Let still me tell in you, the real world. It's, it's if it was ever going to happen, it would have happened under uh Dan Slott's watch cuz he oh, threw yeah. in every possible reference to Spider-Man in the real world he could. He had Spider-Man singing tunes from the Broadway musical that like a handful of us were able to see. I live right around from Broadway. I I couldn't get near it. Couldn't get the previews. Wouldn't spend the crack or the, the scratch to go. And I I regret it. I really do. It mm-hmm. looks like a train wreck. I never I've never even I I've watched a few seconds on YouTube of like the performances. Right. And I'm just and I just have to turn it off. Like you need to be a captive audience to watch that play. Right. Cuz otherwise you're just like no no no. I just every time I'm watching Spider-Man take off his mask and he's singing at Mary Jane and they're in like a web and there's a big metallic spider goddess and I'm like click. I can't. I just <laughs> I I just recede into myself. I'm like no. No, that, no, no. That sounds like one of those it's so bad that it's good kind of things. See, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, I think it's it's one of those things where I have to make other people see it. It's one of those things where either we're all going to go see this train wreck together. Right. And now that that window is closed, it's like we're all going to sit down and we're going to watch Turn Off the Dark. I don't know. Have you ever seen it? Have you seen anything of Spider-Man Turn not. Off the Dark? I have not. I haven't even heard of it, to be honest with you. Oh, my God, dude. You got to see it. You got to see at least a few seconds of it. Everything's on YouTube. It, uh, oof. Oh, man. Because, you know, there's the Sinister Six, uh, none of whom practically are members. I think Craven's <laughs> in it, so he's technically a member of the Sinister Six. But, like, the Lizard, uh, Green Goblin, Carnage. I'm like, Carnage is not a team player. Unless he's the patriarch of the team. Right. And everyone else is just part carnage. Yeah. Yeah. Or he's either dominating them or sleeping with them. You know, like in Maximum Carnage. You got to mm-hmm. be a D or E level supervillain in, in order to roll with carnage. You know, he's not going to be bumping elbows with Electro. Right. I'm sorry. It's just insane. But like big, bombastic Broadway costumes. Carnage is a character. He sings. No. And I've seen, uh, and the, the Green Goblin suit, of course, is actually it's a little more, a lot more emotive than Willem Dafoe's suit from the movie, because mm-hmm. um, he got it. He's got to belt out some major supervillain ballads written well, by Bono and The Edge. Oh my goodness! Well, speaking of uh, the <laughs> fact that you could see anything on YouTube, the next yes. you might not be able to, because oh, no. the Harley Quinn season three director came out saying that DC asked them to remove a scene from the show that had a moment where Batman was going down on Catwoman, stating that, you can't do that, heroes don't do that. And then when questioned why, they explained that uh, it's because they sell consumer toys for heroes, and it's hard to sell a toy of Batman if Batman's also going down on someone. Yeah. Um, This was the funniest thing I have heard in a long time because of the fact that there have been way worse things than Batman going down on Catwoman in comics like i mean we just had the bat wang and the batman yeah. damned like 
that you know if you bring up the batwang i'm gonna get completely triggered because i feel like (laughs) i i i I find it so abhorrent the the censorship of batman damned regardless of people saying it's the worst thing it's the best thing what matters is that the artist was told they could do one thing and then corporate came in and kiboshed it and i find that repugnant but like (laughs) it's nice to know that if you ever sexualize batman in the media everyone will have the same reaction because like i remember when bat when batwang happened and everyone lost it and it's like it's in a it's in a small print run or actually it was a pretty big print run but like you know a black label whatever the hell out of continuity niche kind of comic made for mature audiences who's even talking about this everyone's talking about it you talk about batman performing oral sex yes you're gonna get exactly if not more so because it's more overt mm-hmm. it's more ridiculous uh i mean and then of course everybody pulled up like i think it's the mitch garrett's art from the tom king run where batman and selena kyle are just totally naked on a on a rooftop <laughs> and they're like oh yeah you think he didn't go down trust right. me he was definitely he did it he did it all and infinitely more um but but like yeah i, I don't know i find it horrible that people still can't like hold it together i'm just i i don't know about you you remember any time in school anything even remotely like if you're in science class and someone refers to a tit mouse or mm-hmm. if any anything even like you know if you're in sex sex ed class and every everyone just loses it the second that like the a, a breath of a sexualized discussion comes up I'm just I'm taken right back to that moment in class just being like can we please like you know they're not going to talk about this if you if you scream at the top of your lungs mm-hmm. or laugh to your <laughs> laugh yourself into unconsciousness right but uh but yeah I mean but the the visual of Batman bat in the bat suit <laughs> having like you know having sexy times Catwoman hilarious it is it's inherently hilarious it's hilarious and harley quinn's show like that's exactly the kind of thing you would expect from that show like they've already done stuff equally as bad and just the second it goes to batman they're like no 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 we sell a lot of toys of batman you can't have him doing that yeah we can kill penguin violently on screen (laughs) but we can't have batman lose his like lose some semblance of 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 dignity i don't know what it is i I mean like i think that if you wanted to like you know lionize batman you say yeah that dude goes he goes down like 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 the chinatown trust me like this guy he's into it he he, he's a very giving lover um i don't know it's weird i I just loved all the tweets uh like because one of my favorite was well, why else do you think he left that part of the mask open? And I'm like, okay, that's that that just won the award. We've got uh, Tom Taylor tweeting out the scene from Young Justice where Corey's talking about how Dick Grayson is good Dick in is. bed. Yeah. Yep. So it was yeah. just, I just thought that one was funny. I thought it was, uh, but now, correct. I actually did not see in this article when I looked it up, and I don't know if you mm-hmm. know off the top of your head. Did they air the show and then remove the scene, or was it removed before no. the season came out? I, I can't. Don't I even think know it's, if season I, three's out yet. Oh no, no, no! There is no season three. I don't think. Uh, not, not out. We haven't been able to see any of it. Uh, but my assumption is that it was probably in the story meeting, like when they were saying, mm-hmm. and then this is a sequence. Like you got to cut that out. I right. mean. 
whenever they pitch an idea, they got their story notes and the studio looks at it and they write down like what can stay and what can go. And there's always like a, like an argument between the creatives and the, and the studio executives about like what can right. stay and, and they always compromise and give and take and stuff like that. Uh, you can pull any of this for hilarious double entendres. And this in particular sounds to me like a story note where they were like, Oh, were those going to be the scene where like, you know, Batman's going down a Catwoman and ha ha ha. And they were like, that's not, you're not even going to get to right. the storyboard phase. Like, I don't want to see, cause the thing is like, remember, when Batman Damned came out and mm-hmm. you know they were like requesting copies back they were pulping the book they changed the art they're not gonna let some studio storyboard image out of right. Batman like a, an official because you can you throw a rock you can find fan art of Batman doing all kinds of unsavory things don't but an officially that, licensed don't yeah well <laughs> at least you know using Cognito but the you know the fact is, you you they they can't be accountable for having like Warner Brothers sanctioned mm-hmm. art out there of Batman doing anything like that. And I know that they're talking about selling toys, and that's 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 Batman. Like you know, I I, I learned this lesson the hard way by being so upset about Batman Damned. But like, Batman's a toy commercial. Batman's a Batman's mm-hmm. like a, you know Warner Brothers is James Bond's you know action figure. Like it's he's sure he's a character. Sure he's got depth and he's got stories uh but at the end of the day he is a money-making cash cow for warner brothers and like i i guarantee you there are significant players at the warner brothers executive level who don't even regard batman as a comic book character oh, yeah. they see him as a yeah right they see him as a movie character because that's how it's always been if you ask anyone from that era from like the era of the the burton era they will always throw the number, like how much Batman 89 cost and made, because that's how they measure success. Right. And that's how they view Batman. Like, they were like, sure, make a Batman movie. Give it to the guy. Give it, give it to the little kooky artist guy. And boom, made waves. And they're like, that's it. That's why as the movies go on, they get more and more stupid and Batman le- becomes less and less of a character. Right. Because they're like, well, he can't do anything controversial. He can't say anything that will upset anyone on either side because though because everyone on every side has to buy their children the toys of batman mm-hmm. and it's just i think it's just an antiquated way of looking at it it's just the, that old that old hollywood warner brothers mentality of like batman nah oh, why are we even talking about this right it's like well because he you know he murders people like in certain things like we, we're okay with filming him crush a man's skull in the batman vs superman movie oh yeah Oh right, just that man's dead. He shoots people with machine guns, you know. But but we can't have him pleasure a woman orally in a cartoon mm-hmm. that's literally made for adults, and that if a child sees it, they absolutely should be in trouble for it. Like right, ridiculous. Yeah, so ridiculous. Kills me. Kills me. I will say uh, there is a great tweet uh, from Chip Zdarsky about mm-hmm. it, but it's not really about it. It, it was more inspired by it. Okay, where. Somebody said, well, we can all agree that if it were Daredevil, he wouldn't be able to because he'd be crying. Like, Daredevil would cry during sex of any kind. And Zdarsky says, let me tell you something. Daredevil cries before sex, and he will cry after sex. But when he's having sex, his head is in the game. He's got a job to do. (laughs) And I'm like, yes, that is Daredevil. That's like, my city needs me. <laughs> I feel like Batman's the same way. I I could see it. I could see it. Well, since we are on the topic of uh, TV shows, I'll go on to this next one. 
Jeff sure. Lemire speaks to the many changes that were made uh, to Sweet Tooth when it was adapted to a TV show. Uh, Jeff spoke about many of the changes uh, being simply done because of the fact that you're changing a medium, comic to TV show. It's very, very different. Yep. Uh, but the main thing that he said that we wanted or I wanted to talk about was that he consciously acknowledged that since he wrote the book and since it's become a TV show, there have been so many different post-apocalyptic worlds, post-apocalyptic shows, movies, everything out there that he was like that he looked back at his old work and was like, this is pretty much the same as a lot of these other things. And that's why we got a lot of changes such as uh nature returning to earth and kind of reclaiming the world and yeah. i think i really liked that i liked that it was a writer that's just straight up coming out going look i wrote something that was great but i know the world has changed i know that other things have happened since then we don't need to do a diehard replication of this is the book here's the direct adaption let's yeah. make a good show that uses that as a core and i'm not sure have you seen more of Sweet Tooth. I know last time that uh, you talked, you had seen, I believe, like three episodes or so. Yeah, about the uh, back then it was the first two. Since then, I've seen the whole show. Have you? How much have you it's seen? So have you seen it good, all? is it not? Yeah, oh it's amazing. Gosh. It's a, it's just such a good show uh, in every way, uh, and and it's just all the changes that Lemire references are valuable and important. You know, the mm -hmm. dude is like you know it's not going to be the same thing and it shouldn't be and you know maybe there are some works that like work better if it is a direct adaptation i feel like you know like it's funny because i liked the watchman movie but then they made the watchman show which is so different and oh, it really? wound up being like celebrated and hailed by critics and fans alike who were just like you know say what you will about like before watchman the watchman movie doomsday clock but like this show is really good and it really like has something to say and it's because they dared to stray and i feel like sweet tooth is one of those things where on one hand you know how many people really read sweet tooth i'm not saying it wasn't right. a, a big success but like it was like i mean it was but like when you compare it to other seminal vertigo slash independent works, like when you compare it to the reach and the pull of things like saga, why the last man preacher, mm -hmm. that kind of thing. Um, so you're not really, you know, I, I feel like it's a great decision and especially in a post COVID world in, yes. in the, in the post COVID world, this, this, this show I think will be considered like, Oh, this is one of those, like this is one of those great works that came out of the 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 pandemic yeah. right like it feels like that because there are there are, re there are references and allusions and visual metaphor that like directly reference what we went through as a as a people for mm -hmm. a year and yet it also preserves the intent and the story and the characters that are inherent in the comic so it yeah. manages to be all those things which is what hopefully good visual media like tv shows are capable of yeah, I'm I'm really glad that he came out and spoke about this as well. Like I hope that I hope that other authors when they get adaptions as well take this to heart and kind of yes. go along the same lines of understand that it does not have to be an exact replication. You want to make a good show and if you need to change some things, do it. Like just yeah. just keep the core. That's all you really need. Yeah, it's funny cuz I was very much not like that with the preacher show. Oh really? Like yeah, I uh, I saw at least the pilot, and I was like, this isn't even close. Like there was nothing about that show that appealed to me that made Preacher appeal to me. 
Um, and it did. It made it, it made its own decisions. It went on. It went down its own path. The boys. One of those things where it is not the comic. And for me, I'm like good because right. I did not like the boys, but I love the show. I think it was a great show and a excellent way of of adapting that work and being something original, but also still staying relatively true to the source material. I think mm-hmm. enhancing it a bit. Uh, uh, Sandman. People are already up in arms about any number of changes to Sandman. I think be, I think that's because Sandman is one of those things where it's a little older and mm-hmm. a little more precious to more people. Right. Um, but, you know, and look, do I want to see a one-to-one recreation of Sandman in, the, in like, with, with the things we are capable of doing visually? Yeah. But I also re- appreciate, A, it's not mine. B, uh, it's a new world. And C, it's important to not just do that. Because some things are made for one thing and other people, other things are made for another. It, like, yeah. there's a reason why there's a, a an Oscar for best adaptation of a work. Yeah. Because... There, it takes some measure of work and skill to adapt something from one thing to another. Because, as much as everyone always jumps to, you know, oh man, I love this comic, I can't wait to see it on the screen. It's like it's not the same thing. Like comic books are not pitches for shows and movies. They are well, its Berserker own... excluded. Right. Of well, no, Berserker is a hundred percent a storyboard that is just sold to people. <laughs> and Cowboys and Aliens that was also made specifically. And Thirty Days of Night. There are a few examples uh, <laughs> e- e- exemptions, but uh, but by and large, the comic book medium does not exist to support the film and TV industries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and 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 hopefully, you know, just adaptations of works allow for there to be fans of all of it and you know what appeals to you in the comic might not appeal to you as a show or a movie and that's okay because you still have them it doesn't it doesn't undo it it you know what 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 makes me frustrated is whenever i see like a movie poster on a comic book cover and i'm like you know it's not gonna be that right you know you're trying to ape off of that but it's not it's not the same thing and you're you're showing people that that's what's that's what you're that you're selling people the wrong thing Right. But anyway, but I, I love it. I think Sweet Tooth did such a great job. Uh, what's what's one of your? Uh, well, I don't want to spoil it. I'm going to turn this. Into I know. Sweet Tooth spoiler I yeah. Cards. I don't that without spoiling anything. Honestly, the entire show is so good. But the development yep. of Big Man, like yes. just the the character development of his character, as well as the visual development of him with it, so well done. The actor's yep. fantastic. The child actor that plays Sweet Tooth. Honestly, I don't think I've. I don't think I've seen a better child actor in a very long time. At least not Me one either. that comes to mind. Easily. So, no, my no question. That kid is yeah. so good and so adorable and so like he he's just he's just so charming and I hope that he escapes from any like child actor drama nonsense. Right. I hope he just is allowed to progress and grow. Uh I hope, you know, that he ends up being as good later in life as he is now. But even if he isn't, like, you know what? Fine. You did Sweet Tooth. You're doing great. You know, we're, we're all happy for you. Yeah. Uh, he, he's great. He's just he's just so, I don't know. It's just, he just such a, does such a good job. It's funny. There's a, there's an episode where they kind of, like, show you a little bit more backstory for Jeopard. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I almost was a little worried about it where I'm like, no, his I get his backstory. I don't need yeah. to see it. But it still worked. And it's like, by that point, I think it's the last episode. So it's like... It's I second think, to last or last one, yeah. Yeah. So it's like, I think that uh, by that point, the show has my trust. <laughs> yes. So you, could, you can go ahead and do that. Uh, the only thing that I have to say that like sucks about Sweet Tooth is that 
they didn't they weren't able to develop season two while they were shooting season one. Oh. Because season two is like like we we don't have an official word from Netflix whether season two is greenlit, and it's like you you can't wait on this. You can't sit on Sweet Two season two and go like, don't worry, it's like Stranger Things season four is coming two three years. Like oh right. no. Mm-mm. Yeah, this one we we need it within like the next year or so, especially just because otherwise you're gonna have to do a time jump. Otherwise it's yeah. not gonna make sense for all of these child actors to all of a sudden have gone through puberty within the span of three months right but, yeah <clears throat> with it's funny with stranger things i uh i don't really mind like i'm fine with them being like way older now because mm-hmm. we got at least two out of three great adventures and uh i'm happy with them being like older and coming back together right it's kind of like an it situation uh but like you know younger uh but i'm down for that but with sweet tooth it's like no it's got a next one come on yeah. Let's, not, let's not mess around. This is an animation. Like, was with Invincible, yeah, we know season two and three, I think, are coming. But oh, yeah. who cares? They're, vo- they're, they're all voicing it. It's all animation. It, give them mm. more time. Make it look good. With Sweet Tooth, it's like, they're growing like right yeah. now. <laughs> It'll be really jarring if they have to replace any actor. Yeah. Cause, and, so. and, like, I can't even really think of an actor or anyone in that show that just stood out as a bad actor either. Like, everyone no. just... Put short, guys. If you have not seen Sweet Tooth, you need yep. to go watch Sweet Tooth and make Agreed. sure you've got enough time to binge it because you're probably going to want to binge it. <laughs> yeah. Although I will say I did really appreciate stretching out a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, like doing it pretty much in the span of a week because yeah. I was able to just enjoy these episodes and think about them. Um, like with the with the MCU shows where it's like yeah. every, every week – Star Wars too. I was able to just dwell on how how much I enjoyed Mandalorian and think back to a couple moments as opposed to was that episode 4 or 6 that this cool thing happened or that this moment happened or this character development situation and mm-hmm. you know I appreciate binge culture but like now that we've gotten both options I feel like eh you know I can binge like a sitcom. I can watch like 12 right. episodes of a sitcom in a row but like when it comes to a high drama or a apocalyptic fantasy apocalyptic fantasy show like this I I, I like to kind of space it out. Um but if you do binge it you'll just be getting more of the of a good show. <laughs> so yeah. Plus, I mean, so that was actually one thing I liked about it as well, because I am a huge binger. I binge. Yeah. Like, if I watch something, I'm going to watch the whole thing within a couple days, probably. Right. Um, which becomes a huge problem when it's Naruto, because that's the whole thing. <laughs> uh, but enough. I liked this show because it was bingeable, but the episodes did not end in ways that you're like, no, I need, like, I need to know what's going on. Like, it ended in a way that you, you can catch your breath for a moment. Yes, that's right. But... All right, so moving on from there, we've got... uh, So Spider-Man No Way Home unveiled a new logo stinger for the movie on the Sony Pictures Argentina before it was immediately taken down and then was later reposted on the Sony Pictures uh, Brazil Twitter and has stayed up. And nothing too fancy about it. It's just like a little video of the Spider-Man No Way Home but the one thing that people are talking about is the fact that at the end, it does the glitch in the same way that Into the Spider-Verse uh, did the glitches of bringing different people into the world. So yeah. people, I've been seeing a lot of theories of this is their way of saying that this is going to be him going into the Spider-Verse and joining mm. that universe, that this is going to be 
their live action Spider-Verse. I've heard right. many different things. What do you think, Sal? Uh, you know, it's funny. I, I when I when I watched this little like thing, at first I thought we were talking about like a font or a logo choice, but yeah, no, you're right. It was it was the glitch and now that you're mentioning the glitch, it makes perfect sense that it would be referencing either, if not the Spider-Verse from the movie, mm-hmm. a Spider-Verse or some kind of evoking that feeling of they're yes. going to be like, oh, they're doing the Spider-Verse thing. Like, we're teasing that. Um, I feel like it's the worst kept secret in Hollywood. Yeah, they're <laughs> definitely doing a Spider-Verse movie. And if they weren't, they definitely were. You know, like, if, right. if, if they were, like, two, like a month into pre-production and people were like, ah, and they saw the reaction, Sony would be like, yep, okay, they like it, we're going to do that then. Uh, we're just going to start calling everybody, call everybody, see what we can get. But, you know, I, I'm one of those people who's who's not in any way excited for a Spider-Verse movie. I, mm. I, I get it, and when I'm seeing it, I'm, like, I'm reserving reaction to the fact that if I'm watching this movie, I'm sure, because I'm like, I'm a sucker when it comes to emotional gut punches and musical scores infecting my brain and stuff like that. Like, I, I'm a movie guy, so I just like watching them. And so if I'm watching this movie and, like, Andrew Garfield shows up and he's like, hey, little little slugger, let's go, and then Tobey Maguire turns around and he's like, oh, it's, it's a crazy world out there. Like, I don't know. I'll, maybe I'll feel something. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but I already got an Oscar award-winning Spider-Verse movie that I loved and enjoyed immensely. Mm-hmm. I was really looking forward to seeing, you know, we got two Growing Pains movies for Tom Holland Spider-Man, you know, right. where he's like, he's busting out. And it's like, I'm an Avenger. I'm Tony Stark's ward, you know. Now, no Tony Stark, no Avengers. It's just you. What are you going to do with it? Right. And maybe I'll be Spider-Man. And it's like, do your Spider-Man thing. Maybe you'll have to fight Kraven, or you're going to fight the Lizard or something fun. But this is... You're actually part of a big, crazy universe with multiple versions of yourself that everyone really likes more. And it's like, that I'm not into. I, I don't know. I feel like that's less exciting to me. Right. But but if we're, if we're living in this world where there's going to be a Spider-Verse in live action, is that cool? Is that interesting? Is that exciting? Objectively speaking, sure. You know, because it's hard to do. Uh, it's, it's a new concept, relatively speaking, when it comes to these studios doing that. And, you know, did I like all the actors who played the Spider-Man characters back when they were the Spider-Man characters? Yeah. So I, I want to see them again? Sure. Maybe. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the glitch does... I think the glitch is their way of, like, stretching it out even further. This movie comes out, I think, what, Christmas time? Uh, I think so. Some Something so, around there. November or December of this year. Yeah. So it's time for a trailer. You know, like, I feel, I feel yeah. like this glitch is just a, yet another attempt at reminding getting you excited without actually giving you anything and yes it's just like it's it's you don't need to do that mm-hmm. you know this everyone's going a- end of story so just give them the trailer give them something else to speculate about now you know you got to give them another kick in the pants let's say september october right you know some kind of other big thing but that's where trailer two comes in i don't know i feel like sony's really been just enjoy it, it's like i don't know because sony has eh, sony had a win with with venom so it's not like sony has been down it's not like sony's been kicked in the pants and had a hard time right over the because i feel like sony has been acting like oh suddenly we have a movie you guys want to see well maybe we won't put out a trailer yet maybe we'll play around with it like you know it's just it's exactly what i expect sony to act like mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's like dude you got you got venom you got venom too looks 
totally dumb and I'm going to watch it. I'll, I'll see that one in theaters because it looks like, oh, okay, you're leaning into what worked with Venom 1. Right. I'll, I'll watch that. Um, ah, I don't know. It, I'm just ready for them to kind of like stop playing coy. You know, the glitch yeah. kind of represents for me the, the coy nature of it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Where just like, oh, maybe there's a Spider-Verse. <laughs> Is it in the cartoon movie? Is it different? Are there two Spider-Verses? What about yeah. Morbius? Hmm? Oh, oh God, we're, we're not even going to touch that one. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> no, I, I I completely agree. I think they're hyping this up so much at this point that the comparison to Into the Spider-Verse, which for me personally, I think was my favorite Spider-Man movie. Uh, I'll just right. straight up say it, it was the one I enjoyed the most. So constantly hyping up the new Spider-Man movie without showing you anything and now making me directly compare it with the movie I revere so highly. I feel right. like they're starting to they're starting to go into some dangerous territory of if you have something good but you overhype it and compare it to something amazing, it doesn't right. always look as good because you're looking at it in a comparison light. But yeah. I mean, here's hoping that uh, it's something good. Who knows? Maybe it'll end up with Tobey Maguire falling in and becoming the theory of him being the uh, older Peter Parker. Yes. Which would be hilarious. I would love that. But we'll find out. It wasn't too much to go off of, but I thought it was a fun yeah. little teaser that I wanted to throw in there. So Totally. And it, and it could be a harbinger of something to come. Like, maybe we're getting a trailer, like, soon. I mean inevitably we will get a trailer i will say you know what the glitch made me think of immediately it was the uh the spider-man 2099 teaser the post-credits moment from into the spider-verse with yeah. oscar isaac and it's like you know oscar isaac is a, like a real movie star if you wanted to like in a post-credit sequence for this movie throw in oscar isaac in a dope screen accurate spider-man 2099 movie and link it directly with the cartoon mm -hmm. it'd be kind of cool like that'd be right. kind of exciting but uh, I don't know. I don't know. This is, this is, I hope they have a plan. Because mm -hmm. I fear that they're like, well, we're going to set up a lot of things. Like, I feel like when they did that big reveal at the end of the last movie, they had no plan. And that's when I, like, yeah. I was so into that movie. And then that happened. I, my, I was so crestfallen. Like, it was such highs and such lows. I'm like, they got J.K. Simmons. They outed the identity. At, like, just such a drop. Right. Where I'm like, I know you don't, you, I know you didn't plan for this. Like, I know you have no idea how to fix this. And yeah. uh, I think that they've got an idea. I think they do now. But wh why? Like, why do it if you're just going to fix it in the next movie? And if they're not going to fix it in the next movie, then I'm not excited for what the status quo is going to be. Because we all know what Spider-Man with no identity looks like. Mm -hmm. Not fun. <laughs> yeah, it's not. It's not so, that great. So anyway. Yeah. All right. Uh, so moving on to the next one, we'll we'll touch on this one briefly. I wanted to throw it in here because yeah. I I kind of looked at it and I was like, wait, really? Is this really? It? Okay, so <laughs> Game of Thrones star uh, Amelia Clark announces that she is working on a comic with Image called Mom, Mother of Madness. It is a comic about a single mother who gets superpowers based around her menstrual cycle. Okay, you heard me, you heard me correct. I. That this is a uh, a book being written about a single mm -hmm. mother who gets superpowers when she's on her period. And right. uh, Amelia came out being like, this was, I guess, trying to use this as a means to educate kids about the topics of 
menstrual cycles and stuff like that in a different light, which I'll give her credit on that. I, I am a big fan of teaching through fun mediums like comic books, like TV shows, stuff like that. Cause it, a lot of the time it's a lot easier to remember when you remember, Oh yeah, I saw, I saw how to do CPR because I watched on Spider-Man once like that kind yes. of thing. Um, but this one I thought was just, this one I thought was just so interesting and kind of just bizarre to me. Yeah. That well, I wanted to just throw it in here. Um, I didn't even hear about this. So looking at it, like I, I am, I have so many thoughts and, oh, and it's for funny the record, it comes it out uh, either next week or next month, the first oh issue. So it's not like in the process. It has been made. So right, I it's to, done. Yes. Uh, I know that she's working with Marguerite Bennett to make it. So, I mean, yes. it's just, she, she's not the only writer, uh, which is good because, you know, I, I, I don't know if Amelia Clark can write, but right. uh, Bennett is a great writer and can help to get that idea out there. It looks like, I mean, you know, call me, you know, call me cynical, but it feels like a berserker situation yeah. where Amelia Clark's like, I've got this movie that I really want to make, you know, maybe she pitched it, you know, maybe she's developing her own production company mm-hmm. and they're like, well, you know, but before you put the carpet for the horse, why don't you make it in one of those comic books, win a couple of awards. And then, you know, it'll be way easier to get a green, like get, get funding for it. You can star in the, in the movie. And, you know, right. it'll be like, it'll be like Margot Robbie's production company when they made, uh, you know, like the Tanya Harding movie or uh, whatever, you know, just people being like well i got this idea you know and i want to make it but i need i need something besides i can't just trade on i'm amelia clark so make me a movie like nope if you want to be creative and you want to put like the if you want to say you know this is yours and you want to own it you know you gotta you gotta own it and comic books are a way to do that unfortunately it's part of it's the nature of the business it really is and it's actually funny because in the article uh they directly referenced the berserker Berserker. situation because I, I have a feeling that we're about to, or we're just starting the age of well-known stars that want to make their own thing are going into comic books. That being said, I yeah. do want to add that I don't think that for a lot of them, it's just like a, oh, I want a movie, so I'm going to go into the comics. I legit think a lot of these people grew up as comic book fans. Amelia even came out saying she grew up as a comic book fan. Uh, apparently in the comic, she... The character breaks the fourth wall and talks to the audience every now and then. And she mm. credited that to uh, the Ryan Reynolds Deadpool movies because of how much she loved them. And she wanted right. to just transfer that in. And I was like, you know what? Like, this doesn't sound like just a, oh, no, like, I want to do this. This is my cool thing. But like more of a well thought out kind of thing. So yeah. I'll give the first issue a shot. I mean, who knows? Yeah, I mean, I gotta, I gotta see this thing. Uh, yeah, it, it's, it's a hell of a pitch. It, that it's very much sounds like a Hollywood pitch. Like it sounds like the kind of thing where, you know, they're like, oh, she's got superpowers. When she's getting her period, like, you know, it's like it's a metaphor. People are like, oh, that's a great idea. Uh, oh, you want to, you want to give me money for it? <laughs> hell no. Uh, but you know, you go, you go do that. I don't know. It like the the art, like the the cover looks like like. It's an image book. She owns it. You know what I mean? It's it's mm-hmm. very similar. It reminds me very much of a kind of like vanity project that is yeah. going to be turned into a movie or, or a TV series, something like that. Um, it's funny. When you mentioned Amelia Clark, I, I thought you were going to talk about Secret Invasion. But yeah, I guess, <laughs> you know what? Good for her. Like, I mean, 
why not right we you, i think you're i think you're absolutely right that we are heading into a new renaissance of like because remember what happened last time like you know it used to be movie stars didn't do tv because tv was lower than movies and right. then some tv some movie stars were like uh i'm getting paid movie prices once a week for a year i'm going yeah because they couldn't you know they, they just couldn't keep up cost wise and so you saw like true detective and other shows just like just roll through and become these like these critical darlings and now i think the new hotness so to speak you know for movie stars is first sexy being a movie star then it's like oh you know what's really hot being a tv star you you're you're the star of this tv show it's like having 17 movies under your belt then the next one will be well you know what's really hot is owning your own production company that produces movies specifically for you yeah. remember that episode of uh extras or that that scene in extras when ricky gervais's character goes to patrick stewart and he's like trying to sell him his script and patrick stewart's like Oh, I'm writing a screenplay as well, and I find the whole process absolutely invigorating. Like, because when you're writing, you're creating your own opportunities, and those opportunities involved like Patrick Stewart playing his own leading man, where he just sees women who are naked. Like, that's the whole. Pre- it's just a great metaphor for how much ego there is involved in yeah. this, and how it's like, oh, I'm creative too, uh, and and I'm gonna write a story because apparently it's easy, and the story is it stars me, and I'm awesome. <laughs> And I have sex with beautiful people, and uh, and then I win at the end. Like, yeah, of course, right. that's that kind of idea you'd come up with. I'm not necessarily bagging on uh, Amelia Clark's idea for making the superhero, but you know, it's just it seems like a good time to do it. <laughs> yeah, no, it definitely does. Um, yeah. All right, on to our second to last topic. Uh, with Milestone Comics releasing Static Season One Number One uh, just today, actually. Um, it's first release from Milestone in a very long time. They sent each comic book shop that pre-ordered the comic got a unique variant cover edition of the comic. And a large portion of them have already put it on eBay and they are selling them for upwards of $60. Oh, I don't cool. know if you have read Static yet. Yeah. It was really good. I actually yeah. really I really enjoyed it. I mostly put this one on here because I wanted to make sure people were aware that it had come out because um, I want to see it keep going. I really enjoyed this first issue. Like, I, I didn't know what to expect. I only saw the show when I was a kid, so that's kind of all I really had to go off of. And that's I, a lot of people, and that's totally fair, by the way, because it's, yeah. it, it's such an equalizer. Like, the, the cartoon show... You know, it was bright. It was colorful. It was a person of color. Not like, no, no offense to that. It was just brightly colored. You know, but yeah. like, you know, Static was a character who was of color, but it didn't matter. Like, it wasn't like, you know, it, it wasn't trying to do anything except be a fun cartoon show, and it and it managed to be all these wonderful things and connect to the Batman universe. So it's like, oh, hey, you got that too. Right. Um, but yeah, a lot of like, that's a lot of people's first exposure to Static. Definitely. I knew of Static just because I was a huge nerd. Was, but like when I saw the cartoon, I'm like, good for him. Everything becomes a cartoon. Makes sense to me because I grew mm-hmm. up at a time when it's like, oh, uh, you know what? We're gonna make a cartoon of uh, Big Guy and Rusty. We're gonna make a video game of Scud the Disposable Assassin. Uh, the Tick is gonna have three seasons at least, and uh, the Max. Yeah, that's a cartoon show too. Savage Dragon. Mm-hmm. USA Cartoon Express. No problem. Ultra Force. Done. You're like everything gets a cartoon. Like, right. There is no property that can't be made into a show or a movie or a cartoon show. And it's like, yeah. So Static was like, right. Mm-hmm. You're, yeah, sure. It's your turn. The book, what, came out like two years ago? Yeah. 
I yeah. I really liked it. I it gave off very strong Miles Morales vibes. Yes, I thought so. But it it just started off yeah. very well, greatly paced, fantastic comic. I mostly wanted to throw it in there because it was so good. But the yeah. variant cover also does look pretty awesome. I'm I hope that one day. Those variant covers are going to go for a ton. These comic book shops are like, ah, oh, I should have trusted. I should have saved nah. it. But. Yeah. That's funny. I actually was in a comic book store today. I should have picked it up. Ah, well. I mean, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, um, but I'm thrilled. I, I hope that everybody who wants it can get it. You know, mm-hmm. I hope it's not limited, you know, because Static is one of those books when it started, you know, like in 93, where it's just a great comic. Like you, if you have not, by the way, read, and I'm not necessarily saying you, Dan, but like everybody out there, if you haven't read the old milestone stuff, you should mm-hmm. at least read static. Uh, it is, it, it, it's just, it's got miles Morales vibes. Like people have said, uh, but it also, it's, it's just a fun comic. Like it's got Spider-Man vibes. It's got Batman beyond vibes. It's got just all the shades of, of comic that you come to love. It's, it's got, uh, you know, like sideways vibes and uh, invincible vibes. Let's put it that way. It feels there like invincible. Go. Read yeah. read Static from 93 because it really does. And yep. it's just, it does, it's unafraid and it's like got this great art and it's just, it's just doing its own thing and it doesn't give a shit whether you like it or not. And it's like, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> but I'm glad to see that it's good. Like that yeah. this new era is, is, is doing its thing because it really, you know, it, it's long past due and I hope yeah. it is able to do what it did back then. But, bigger plus very strong start for or restart i guess for milestone to just come in head strong i hope for the best hope for the best so same same Um, definitely all right so moving on to our last topic we've got the guardians of the galaxy game was announced at e3 coming to playstation xbox and pc on october 26th i'm not sure if you saw the trailer uh but I I act, so I heard a couple of a little bit about it while I was streaming yesterday and I I wasn't sure how to feel originally because the Avengers game was kind of lackluster. I wasn't entirely yep. thrilled about it, but I saw the trailer earlier. Oh my gosh, this game looks like it is going to be hilariously fun. And I never really even thought of how perfect of a character Star-Lord is for this kind of game considering his weapon is all the different elements. Like yep. it, it just works so well for so many different aspects of it. But like overall, the game looks fantastic. I it's a third person. It it seemed very similar to the Avengers game, but it seemed yeah. like this one was more single player focused. Uh, yes, yes, I understand that it is. Uh, it is single player focused, um, and you can kind of like tell the other guardians what to do. Yeah. But, but is it is there a co-op element to it? I wouldn't be surprised if there was at least a, co- a couch co-op um, or something I, like I would that, be very but... surprised if it was couch co-op. I bet it's online only. I wish it were couch co-op. That'd be friggin' awesome. I, I, I think it would be great if there was just like a sit down. One of you gets to play a different Guardian. But I wouldn't be surprised as well, though, if this was more along the lines of the Spider-Man games where it's just. Oh, yeah. You're the single player. You are Star Lord. Go have fun. I am so yeah. excited. I was not really hyped at all before it, and then I saw the trailer, and I'm like, "All right, so I'll actually play this one when it comes out." Like, it's not gonna yeah. be like Avengers where I do the beta weekend, and then I'm like, "I am good. I don't really need to keep <laughs> playing." But yeah, 
yeah, that man. Uh, you know, when I was looking this up, uh, when when I had, when I saw the trailer for it, I was like, wait, there were rumors about a Guardians game being made by them since 2017. Oh wow! I, yeah, I wonder if this I, is that one. If they, I, it's the gotta be real. Yeah, that like it really was. It took it took them five years to make this game. Wow. I don't know. I mean, yeah. it, it it looks fantastic. I it am, does look fun. I'm really yeah, excited. It, did you notice from the trailer? I saw a lot of the gameplay. I didn't get like any major Marvel vibes. Like they don't fight Galactus. There's no Thanos. There isn't even a Terax or a Fire Lord. Like there's no Marvel. Co- you know, no scrolls, no Kree. It's just, it's just, it, it's very much like a kind of self-contained. Guardians game. Yeah. I'm sure there will be. I mean, maybe they're saving it, but and and I'm sure because you do go, you know, to different planets and stuff. There has to be references to other things. I mean, we do see uh, Cosmo, which yes. is great. Uh, we get other characters who have been associated with it, and I understand that Dan Abnett worked on this game a little bit, which makes a lot oh, of sense he? to me because Abnett, of course, uh, consummate uh, Guardians auteur, and uh, also worked on the Alien Isolation game, if I remember correctly. And uh, so he has, he's no stranger to writing for a game that Mm -hmm. people like. So kind of cool. I don't know the my only issue really, uh, no, I don't really have any issue. It looks fun. Like it just, it looks fun. I hope it is. And I hope like there's just, it's just, there's five years worth of game of game in here. You know, I I don't want to be done in a day. You know, I want to, I want to be able to play this game for a while and really explore. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I mean, I, like, do, can I can I fly the ship? You know, I don't know. Right. It, I mean, it looked like there were definitely some parts where you could. I really, I hope it does well uh, as well because the DLC potential for a game that's literally in the galaxy, like, there's right. so much there that you could just. There's so much to do, and the and I completely agree. I do not think they really showed any big Marvel themed things out there, which right. I love because it shows that they are going to go, hey, we're going to do what we want. It's space. There's so much out there. We're just going to give you what we think would be out there. Yeah. Yeah. So. That's. I want it to feel like Spider-Man or Arkham mm-hmm. where I just unabashedly have fun and enjoy it. Although I have not had any experience. Uh, you know, this is very different in that it is the Guardians of the Galaxy. You're playing Star-Lord, but... You are influencing characters. You are controlling them. You know, who knows if you're able to, like, swap out. My guess would be, you know, there are some, like, there are some levels where you got to be Groot, you got to be Gamora, etc. Like, you got to, you know, oh, we got to get through this, like, small corridor, and then you swap out with Rocket, and you, like, run through the tunnels or whatever. Right. And, you know, there, I'm sure there's elements in there where you get to play every character. Maybe when you unlock it, you can just pick any character and start over again God, from scratch good. with that character. That'd be kind of fun, right? Um but I have no real major experience with that in a modern game today. You know, mo- all of my fun favorite experiences with superhero games are Arkham and, ba- and Spider-Man, where mm-hmm. it's like, you're one character, you have all this stuff associated with that one character, and you go do it. Maybe once in a while you play Mary Jane, but, like, really? <laughs> but yeah, um, looks fun. All right. Well, that is the end of today's episode of Absolute Comics. If you want to support this show, go to G Fuel, use code COMICS at checkout, save 10% off your order. 
or support us at either of our Patreons. That is Sal at patreon.com slash comic pop, also comic pop on YouTube, as well as comic pop returns, I believe. That's right. That's our supplemental channel where we do live podcasts like these, actually. There you go. And if you want to support us over here at Comic Storing, it's patreon.com slash comic storing or youtube.com slash comic storing or twitch.tv slash comic storing, where we do record this live every Tuesday at roughly 5.30 p.m. Eastern. Thank you guys so much for listening and watching, and we'll catch you next time.